Alright, so we know that the Patriots and the Eagles, they're going to be in Super Bowl 52. But I, this was something interesting, that when we had Jordy Norstad on from Midco Sports Network, he said he was going to take the Vikings. But I had an ace up my sleeve. And it was Eric Wilson of Honor Level that put out a passionate take about his Philadelphia Eagles getting in. And he is joining me right now. And uh, Eric, I want you to tell me your feelings right now when the Eagles took down the Vikings 38-7. to Man, Jake, can I just say first, man, it was a very surreal experience for me because as I'm watching this game, and of course on the first drive, as you and I both know, you know mm-hmm. the Vikings just marched down the field, put up a quick seven points, and I'm saying to myself, really, this is how this game's going to go for me? I've waited all year to be back in this moment, and we're not even going to show up. Well, I guess, you know, the Eagles must have heard me screaming at the TV because from that point on, it was all about the link, it was all about the fans, and more importantly, it was all about our defense just stepping up. I mean, to rattle off for pretty much three quarters, 38 unanswered points, and Minnesota had nothing in the tank. You had Adam Thielen, you had Stephon Diggs, you had Kyle Rudolph, and you had Case Keenum, and then that stout Minnesota defense that everybody was praising all year long, it looked like they didn't even get off the bus. So they got off for one play, and then they said, okay, we're done. And the Eagles just took over. Yeah, it's been kind of that story of the Philadelphia Eagles all year. They've just been the most disrespected number one seed in NFL history so far. And I absolutely agree with you 100% with that. And I want you to just uh, – just to tell me what you're feeling on was when Carson Wentz went down, you have Nick Foles as your quarterback. Did you have any trust in this guy throughout the season? I did. I really did. Uh, you know, there's a reason why Nick Foles came back to Philadelphia. It wasn't just the fact that we drafted him back in uh, 2012. It was the fact that he came and played for a system that he knew, for a coach that he respected, and more importantly, he understood the mentality of being a Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. So having him as my backup, I wasn't worried at all. And everybody was, they were concerned. They were like, oh, your season's over. And the one thing I said to everybody was, where was all this talk when we lost Caleb Sturgis and had to rely on Jake Elliott? Where was all this talk when we lost Jason Peters and Big V and Steven Wisniewski had to step in? Where was all this talk when Jordan Hicks went out? No one bothered to say anything about my team. But then the minute, the, the, the very second that Carson Wentz, we found out that he had torn ACL, everybody and their grandmother was like, oh, the Eagles season is over. I don't know what they think they're going to do. They may get to the postseason, but they're going to be one and done. And look at where we're at now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, this is great for the NFL when you got an underdog like the Philadelphia Eagles and you're going to go against the Patriots machine. And I love those dog masks. I think those dog masks are just, they're the greatest. Here, we're talking. Yeah, I still can't, I yeah. still can't find one. I've been trying to get one. But here's the thing that I think people are forgetting, Jake. We're 13 and 3. The best yeah. record in the NFL. We're number one in the NFC. I mean, yes, a lot of that is attributed in a part to due to what Carson Wentz was able to do, but he was not the only one out there on the field. Our defense under Jim Schwartz has been ranked a top five defense this year. Everybody from Fletcher Cox to Malcolm Jenkins to, to, to Jalen Mills have just come alive. I look at that defense and it reminds me of the early 2000s 
when you had Hugh Douglas and you had Jeremiah Trotter, and of course you had Brian Dawkins. You know, that's the defense that I remember. And that's what I see in this defense this year. Yeah, that defense has just been an absolute blast to watch. I mean, you know me, I, I live and breathe defense, so I always want a, a great defense to be playing. And I mean, this is this is just pretty much karma coming full circle. You're playing against the ultimate opponent. You're playing against the team that has just been the dynasty that it is. And now the Philadelphia Eagles have this chance to take that book of curses, take a lighter to it, and burn it. They just want you just want one Super Bowl. You just want one Super Bowl right now especially with Doug Peterson. And how impressed have you been by Doug Peterson being the anti-Andy Reid with his play calling? The one thing I can love about Doug Peterson, well, there's a lot, but the one main thing is this man does not care how you feel about his style of play or what he's doing. He runs his right. he runs his format each and every time. And there are moments where, you know what, you don't pull a rabbit out of a hat, as I've heard him say. You have these plays that you design and you draw up for certain moments in the game. And if they work, great. But if they don't work, you move on to the next one. Doug Peterson does not let any one play define his season, nor does he let any one game impact the team. We win, we move on. We lose, we recoup, we figure out the problems, we make the adjustments, and we move on. Here's the thing. This is the third time now in Eagles history that they are in the Super Bowl. The third one you've seen, too. Yes. (laughs) We lost lost to the Oakland Raiders in the 80s. We lost to New England Mm -hmm. in Mm 2004-2005. So believe me when I tell you, they call this the revenge game, the redemption game. They call it whatever they want to call it. The fact of the matter is, I knew this season that this is the team I wanted. Because I, I I go by the old wrestling adage of the great Ric Flair, to be the man, woo, you got to beat the man. And Tom Brady is just that guy. He's Eric Wilson, CFO of the Best Sports Show in Sarasota, which is whole another level. He is going to be at the NFL Combine March 2nd through the 5th, and he is very excited for that. And Eric, uh, to talk about your Ric Flair perspective there for a minute, just two hours north from you is Orlando, where the XFL used to have the Orlando Rage. And how how do you think the XFL is going to go down this time around going into 2020? Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> now in 2020, a lot can happen. Right. Now, I will admit, when the XFL first came out, I was very interested because at the time I was a huge old-school WWF, WWE fan. Mm-hmm. So, I could just roll my football into my wrestling and make one and the same. If, and this is a tall order, yep. if it is marketed correctly, mm-hmm. it could be a success. I just don't know if in three years' time, two years' time now, if the XFL is going to be the prominent, you know, outdoor non-NFL type football that that they hope it to be. I don't know because I can't forecast that far out. Based on what I saw from when it first came out, and it was this big smack, smacking the mouth kind of just rough rider kind of thing, if they're trying to change that, I don't think it's going to be successful. 
there's one thing I will credit Vince McMahon on doing. It is being able to put out a product that will sustain. Yeah. I just don't know if football is where he needs to be focusing his attention. I'm kind of interested in just to see what he is doing because what I like so far is that everybody, all the sports media is saying, oh, this isn't going to work. It's going to be one of the worst ideas ever. And you never know. It, it could happen. I mean, and that's the thing is that when you get that universal hatred and this isn't going to work, then, you know, sometimes as history has told us, it does work and you're wrong. And that's one thing that I've really liked to see out of this. Now, we met in a very particular time and i want you just to go down like just uh, how we met here because we met when we were in los angeles together here but we didn't know each other very true it was um roughly about nine years ago how you and i were at a uh a sports conference in los angeles yep and it was you myself a good friend of ours michael caratinudo I'll give, a, I'll give a cheap pop for him on NBC Sports Radio. Uh, <laughs> oh, shameless. It is shameless, yes. <laughs> there, wasn't, there was a very interesting connection. How you and I met was we were all hanging out in a hotel room. I'm not sure if it was mine or if it was yours. And it was yours. You, it was mine, okay. And you asked me to listen to your, to your demo tape. Yeah. And I was like, okay, sure. And, you know, I kind of went off in a little corner and I was just listening. And the one thing about you that I heard, which I still feel to this day, is something that is missed in a lot of broadcast journalists. Mm-hmm. It's just the passion when it comes to speaking about any topic related to sports. Mm-hmm. Your passion just exudes through the microphone. And so I was like, wow. That night, you know, we formed a, brother sh- a brotherhood and I was just like, this is a dude who I know is going places and doing great things, and he is someone who I want to stay connected to. And throughout the years, you know, you and I, we, we, we've had our ups and downs, but we've always remained constant to the fact that this is what we want to do, and we are going to push this for as long and as hard and as much as we can until our last breath is gone. And so, you know, I always, whenever it comes to you, I am always just, I'm kind of taken back because here it is now almost a decade later. <laughs> and just to see, just to see the road that you have been on, to see the successes that you've had, to see the hurdles you've had to jump over, to see the obstacles you've had to overcome, and still be in the position and still have that passion, that is something you don't find in a lot of people. Well, I appreciate that. And yeah, there have been some hurdles, but at the same time, you just have to take with the bad with the good. I mean, that that's the thing. And, you know, like I said, I'm going to be pretty soon. I'm going to be pretty close to you. I'm only going to be about two hours away from you. So, I mean, that's yeah. just that yeah. alone right there just shows how strong that brotherhood is. I was very excited when I got that call and you told me that you were coming down to Full Sail University and you were going to be, you know, working with uh, the Dan Patrick
I pull a lot of my, like when I'm frustrated or when I, I just have a moment of, wow, should I really, even at 41, should I really still be doing this? I, I look to see what you're doing and what Michael's doing, and I'm like, wow, you know, these are my dudes, man. And I, I just, I feel a personal obligation to continually move forward because I don't want, I feel, like I, I feel like I owe you guys. You know what I'm saying? So wow. for me, it's like I got to keep pushing. That hunger breathes in me. And every once in a while, it kind of just, it kind of starts to fade a little bit. And I, I, I do. I begin to doubt myself. Full transparency, you know, um, in November of this year, during football season, yes. during the, the great streak of Philadelphia, I actually started to contemplate, you know, what's my next step? And I actually had to have a long, hard talk with some people about, am I really going to keep pushing this forward? It took probably about three weeks of me just kind of figuring stuff out. But it was funny because I think it was Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I was I was with my father-in-law and my mother-in-law. We were just sitting around talking. And my father-in-law, who, who doesn't really give out compliments that often, he's a great man, but pop gonna be pop. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and he said, you know what? He said, I just want to say, you know, I've been to a couple of your shows and... I'm just really amazed that you are still pushing this as hard as you are. And that was kind of like that little fire under me to just keep going. And so, you know, the, the reset button, if you will, triggered in me. And I'm like, okay, I'm back now. Now I got to really push this thing forward. So, I mean, a big shout out to you, to my father-in-law, to Mike, to everybody who I work with at HNL3 for just kind of keeping me, you know, saying, hey, we got a good thing here. We need to roll with it. But getting back to you, what I'm so excited about and so happy about is I know that you are in this position to be great. And I already mm-hmm. know this. I knew this nine years ago. I really feel like 2018 and beyond is going to be your time to really get yourself out there. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, mm-hmm. the world is going to know who Jake is by 2020. And maybe before that, but I'm saying by 2020, we're all going to know who you are. Wow. Well, uh, thank you for that. I uh, Seriously, I'm kind of taken back by that, and uh, that means a lot to me here. I mean, <laughs> I was just expecting, you know, just a little tidbit about Florida, and uh, wow, uh, the words you've spoken have just uh, kind of taken me back, and I really do appreciate that. I want to take you back to this for a second. Now, you said, like, I've been working for this for like nine years. You are a graduate of Penn State. You went through probably the worst thing that an alumni can go through, which was the Jerry Sandusky scandal. And, you know, you got this movie Paternal coming out with Al Pacino and all this stuff. I want you to now take it to this here. And I apologize to get a little deep here. Michigan State now just let their athletic director and their president resign today on account of what happened with Larry Nassar here. Why is it does it feel like an apology letter to the understating reporting of the media towards what has happened to these young women? You know, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a great question. And let me start by saying I can only give you the opinion from a male perspective because mm-hmm. I'm not a woman. Right. So I don't want to I don't want to disrespect anybody. No. Or, or, or offend anybody, here is what I will say. There is a lot of accountability 
that needs to be to be held when it comes to what has transpired from from Penn State to Michigan State to to the to the U.S. Olympic Committee. What I feel is if we don't, as a country, and I'm not just talking about the female president, I'm talking about everybody. Mm-hmm. If we don't, as a country, keep this top of mind and keep this in the forefront right. of the media, right. social networking, this is something, it, it, it will become a revolving door. And if we truly want to slam the door on this, people need to be held accountable. People need to lose their jobs. Right. People need to resign. And they basically need to clean house. But let's but think about this, Eric. But let's think about this. Shouldn't there be arrests? Shouldn't there be charges? I mean, shouldn't like the president of Michigan State, Luana Simon, shouldn't Dave Hollis, the athletic director, shouldn't they be found uh, and arrested and put into a court setting and hear what these women have said? Because I feel like this is not over. And I feel like the media is just brushing it across. It's like, okay, we'll just talk about it and then we'll just move on with it. They spent over two weeks talking about the Jerry Sandusky thing. It was like top story, top story. And then they kind of treat this like in other news. It's like, you got to be kidding me here. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, and here's my reason why. Mm-hmm. My reason why is this. You look at the time frame of how everything is happening. We have the Super Bowl coming up in less than a week. Right. We have the Olympics coming up right after that. February 8th. Yes. And then we have the Daytona 500. So you have three major sporting events happening in a very consolidated period of time. So what the world wants to focus on is they want to highlight those three things and then talk about what these women had to endure. Instead of keeping everything the way that currently is now, keeping that and making that the headline story. Because I completely agree with you. Arrests need to be made. Charges need to happen. People need to be found guilty and held accountable for everything that these little girls, these young women, who competed on the highest level. Yes. They went out there and performed not for their city, not for their state. They performed for their country in front of the world to be given an opportunity to come home and say the United States of America is the best in women's mm-hmm. gymnastics. The United States of America is the best at any of these Olympic events. And for what they had to endure, there needs to be more retribution. Because if the United States Olympic Committee does not do a serious, deep investigation into this, to cover up, to, to, not to cover up, but to find the cracks, to seal these cracks and make sure that rules and regulations are in place so these things don't happen moving forward, then I feel like we are going to miss the opportunity as a country that has been placed in front of us. You know, it started with the Me Too movement. And then right. from there, Oprah went out and said, hashtag, Time's up. And so now we've got this. I have deemed 2018 to be the year of the woman. Women need to be treated as equals. 
And if we don't as a country, men, women, children, doesn't matter. If we don't stay on top of this, it is going to lose the light that needs to be shown upon it. Eric Wilson, CFO of the Best Sports Show in Sarasota. He is never afraid, just like uh, me right here on the Turning Point Universe. He is a longtime member of the Turning Point Universe with that. And always, I appreciate your take on this, Eric. And uh, just keep fighting the good fight, man. You're doing great things. And uh, enjoy the Super Bowl with your Eagles and Patriots. Uh, Eagles. Jake, man, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I know I got you in my corner for the Super Bowl, or at least I hope I do. But if you pick the Patriots, <laughs> or, I understand your reasoning behind it. But, man, it's great talking to you. Listen, you know my phone is always on. If you need me, just give me a call, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. That was uh, that was Eric Wilson of uh, Whole Nother Level. Wow, that was some tremendous stuff by him as usual. I mean, I know that people during this interview pretty much sat around it and they were like, did he really just jump into that subject? But this is the thing I'm trying to bring up here is that we're bringing it up as like in other news here. And that's why at the beginning of the show that I made this the top story. Because we can't have a story like what is happening with USA Gymnastics, what is happening with Michigan State, continue on. I understand the Super Bowl is a big story, but we don't have the Super Bowl week until Monday. So we should be able to talk about this a little bit more. And as we go along in the program coming up, I'm going to tell you why. I have high hopes for the XFL. Maybe it's all order. But when people are universally already against the idea, it's going to happen. So okay, up next, this is Turning Points on Audio Boom. Oh, that is.